Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go, Thursday. Our home. All year long, appreciate the partnership with Silver 7's, Flamingo, and Paradise. Willie Ramirez is down here with us. He'll be along in just a minute. Jeff is helping out with the setup. Back in our Finley Toyota Studios, it's Ari. Much to get to. More follow-up on the Henry Ruggs crash and death of Tina Tintor, a local who, as we found out, worked at a Target. So we're finding out more and more about this poor woman who perished in a crash at uh, around 3.30 in the morning on Tuesday morning. That's coming up. We had a massive trade in the NHL, and, well, it involves the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Raiders talk about fortifying the receiving core. Looks like there could be some extra receivers out there on the market. So plenty to get to here on a Thursday at Silver 7th. Let's do it. It's Trending at 2, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. What's up, Willie? Busy day. I know you were at the uh, Raiders facility. More availability. We'll get to what Greg Olson was talking about in just a little bit. So what's cooking? Not much, yeah. It's uh you know, I, I can't even say a few weeks ago when the John Gruden email scandal was taking place uh, on that Thursday. It was back to business as usual. They had they had gotten past that Wednesday press conference and, and brought in the captains, brought in the general manager and the interim coach. And, you know, Thursday was back to normal. But this week it's still it's it's very emotional. Um, Gus Bradley spoke today. Um, Greg Olson spoke today. Normally, we would get a couple of players, maybe one from defense, one from offense. You could put in a request. Not today. Just coaches, no players. Um, I think they're somewhat protecting because it's affecting them on a personal level a little bit more. We, we talked about this yesterday just in terms of where the, the difference in terms of one of their own in – making such a bad decision that resulted in such a horrific um, ending. And the the players are feeling it. We saw the emotions of Derek Carr yesterday. So um, the difficulty in being able to probably be, you know, questioned. Um, Saw Mark Davis pulled up right in front of the facility. Um, Local beat writer Vinny Bonsignor, he he actually caught up with him. So I'm sure he'll have something on. um, He happened to be on the phone. Adam and I were outside and, we, I didn't have my recorder on me, but Adam sent Vinny over, and, and Vinny ended up getting a quick little one-on-one. Um, but the message from Vinny when I talked to him was that Mark was devastated because he really did love um, Henry Ruggs like a, like a son. And so it's affecting, in a different manner, um, the wave of emotions, the dichotomy of emotions that, that you go through, but it's affecting this team a little bit differently Um you know, the roller coaster, the peaks and valleys of emotions, but it's a different low this week than it was a few weeks ago. On the roster, they're going to look to replace rugs in some form or fashion. Uh, NFL news on receivers. Uh, one, and we'll get into this a lot more in the 5 o'clock hour. Check that, the 4 o'clock hour, because we're done at 5 because of Thursday night football with the Jets and the Colts. Um, Odell Beckham. Could be available pretty soon. We'll get into the possibilities there. He basically was told, again, when it came to practice, leave or don't even show up. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen there, that settlement. Uh, Deshaun Jackson waivers 
that's happening. So if you want to pick up Deshaun Jackson, you'd be adding about $1.53 million to, uh, uh, in base salary to your roster. It looks like the Raiders are, at least for now, going young. A uh, guy who they liked in the preseason, Willie, Dylan Stoner, has been added to the active roster. What, what do we know about him? Uh, competitive guy. Greg talked about him a little bit today. He said that they, they were impressed with him um, during training camp and um, that, you know, it, it's too – the Raiders' advantage in in terms of you know you have you you have those veterans out there that you brought up Odell Beckham, uh, Deshaun Jackson, but somebody who's knows the system, um, and more importantly, not just knows the system, but that Derek Carr knows the nuances of because Derek Carr has taken the time always to get to know who he's working with, whether it be you know um, Darren Waller, Brian Edwards, or Dylan Stoner. So he's always made it a point to say the, the, uh, that off-season work that they put in, um, those 5 a.m. workouts that he schedules for these guys, who's going to show up? So Stoner, he was there at the beginning. He tra- you know, it was a training camp. So for, the, for what they're going through this week on, you know, and having to jump in off of a bye week and, and, and the necessity of a receiver, it may be beneficial, or he may be a beneficial addition this week because he knows the system and Carr's familiar with him, and he, you know, he knows the routes, and he would know where to fill in with those little things that he's going to need to do. Uh, update on Deshaun Jackson: uh, waivers up until one o'clock our time. So, update from about fifteen minutes ago: he did clear waivers. No one claimed him. That's not a big surprise. So, Deshaun Jackson is available, and like I said, we'll get into that in the four o'clock hour if the Raiders should be looking at. Deshaun Jackson, who is available. Oda Beckham, who could be available. Right now, it's Stoner who goes into that spot. But really big news with our other Major League franchise here. After months and months and months of speculation and talk about the finish line being inches away as of like last Friday in the National Hockey League, Jack Eichel on the move. Calgary made a really good offer. Apparently, Buffalo liked the Golden Knights offer even more. So, young superstar, primo scorer, injured. Uh, Jack Eichel going from Buffalo, coming here. Alex Tuck goes back. So does Peyton Krebs and uh, other considerations, draft picks. Yeah. So give me your initial thoughts because we're going to go to Buffalo in about 15 minutes and talk to one of the sports radio guys there. So Capaccio covers the, the Bills and, and the Sabres, and we'll get the uh, Sabres side of this thing. But Jack Eichel eventually will be a, an addition. Will he be a great addition? We'll see, but he'll be an addition to this Golden Knights roster. Well, he's a top five centerman in the in the NHL. There's no doubt about that. When he's at his top of his game, he he brings it. And what else he brings is a leadership role. Um, you know, another captain, right? They, Pacioretty was a captain. Stone was now a captain. Uh, Petrangelo. Um, these are guys that you know know how to lead a franchise and know what it takes to sort of. Um, get a locker room's attention, speak volumes on and off the ice. Um, where he fits in in terms of which line he's going to center, I'm really intrigued with this for one reason, and that's Chandler Stevenson, because we talked to Peter DeBoer about Chandler Stevenson's emergence while Matt, uh, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty are down. The emergence of him while, um, you know, and being able to somewhat be – that top, that top six guidance outside of the misfit line, um, 
Because where does he go? Do you bring if, – if you leave him between Stone and Pacioretty and now all of a sudden Eichel, who's a top-line centerman, if you put him between um, Carlson – or excuse me, uh, Marchessault and Smith, does Carlson go down? Do you break that lineup and make Carlson a third-line center? You're not going to make um, Eichel a third-line center. Do you make Stevenson a third-line center? Because now he's somewhat carrying – he's centering and being a staple mark for this team. Carlson's now down. So it'll be interesting to see what DeBoer does, how he handles it. I mean, there's a lot of time to prepare for that because the the plan for Eichel was that he wanted to have that surgery um, and to be ready for the Olympics and then come back to the NHL after that. So he won't be ready till then. So we talked yesterday a little bit about what they would have to give up, what they would be missing – and here, as I said, they'd have to they'd have to depart with a couple of top line guys. Well, in a sense, they did. It's just one of them's someone who's already on the shelf for an extended period of time, anyway. So they're not. It's not as if they're going. Well, we got somebody who can't skate anyway. Can't skate for a while anyway. Well, neither could Tuck. Krebs was building it, building up uh, with this roster and, and and with this lineup, and then the two conditional draft picks, which you know are. Something doesn't need to be discussed in a sense. That's down the road. So I think it helps. Now, I will say this, and I'll be interested to talk to our Buffalo correspondent. I got a text first thing this morning from someone who's dialed in with Buffalo Sports. Very first thing when, the, when, when it hit, and, it hadn't, and we hadn't even gotten the press release at, so it was still somewhat unofficial. Um, what are the Golden Knights doing? Why are they adding a guy like Jack Eichel? And I'll save the text and read it to um, a radio guy who we're bringing on. Name escaped me. You just said it. Um, And I'll leave one word out because, you know, Steve, when someone says something about somebody in a locker room where they they don't sort of mesh with the chemistry, there's the C word. I hate when people use that word to compare it to a deadly disease that kills hundreds of thousands of people, but they say that that person is a C word in the locker room. So I'll leave that out. But that's something that was told to me this morning, and I'll read the text exactly to to our Buffalo guest. Because I'm wondering, is that something that we've heard from different players that have been brought to Vegas, but then they being here in this environment, being in that locker room, changes them? We heard that Mark Stone was rough to deal with in Ottawa. We, we heard what Ryan Reeves was like before he got here. But when they get to Vegas, it's different. So I'm be interested to hear. So will I. Yeah. So will I. Um, we got a lot of Golden Knights stuff coming down. So this is this is a good show today. Uh, we'll get back to the uh, biggest story at hand, the tragic story involving uh, Tina Tintor, local, uh, in, involved in that crash with Henry Ruggs, and she passed away. Um, very, very interesting words yesterday. And... You know, if they're plucked in a certain form or fashion, they can look less than sensitive towards the victim. And, man, I saw a lot of different Twitter posts and social media posts blowing up at what Rich Basaccia and specifically Derek Carr said. We'll play some of Derek Carr and his words yesterday about this tragedy. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Two. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. We have. We've had conversations, and, and we have um, we have Stoner and, and Wims, and, and um, there's, there's conversation about others as well. But uh, we're going to probably stay status quo this week, and we know we have a chance to to possibly move Stoner up, and then we have wins that's done a good job. We'll, we'll see how that turns out before the end of today is over, but it would be those two. 
Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. All right, we're going to get to what uh, Derek Carr said yesterday, some of the videos, additional videos that have emerged today. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Willie is with us. Willie Ramirez from the AP. He's been all over the Raiders story. He's obviously uh, tight on the Golden Knight story as well. I know McCrimmon spoke early this morning. Uh, just to follow up on a couple of things with Jack Eichel, just to tell the audience, maybe not hockey fans, and they're not familiar with Jack Eichel, I mean, still a guy very much entering his prime if he's healthy. He's only 25 years old. He was a number right. two pick in the 2015 draft. As you mentioned, a top five or six center in the NHL. It was absolutely a need based on what we saw last year on this VGK roster. Now, here's the problem. He only played 21 games last season. Herniated disc yeah. is the issue. We're talking about a neck injury here. And there is a split, or there was. It doesn't matter now. There was a split on philosophy when it came to what sort of surgery he was going to get. You've heard about this, right? Yeah. And, again, we'll follow up right. with uh, Sal Capaccio from WGR in Buffalo for more specifics. But, basically, it came down to the Sabres wanted Eichel to undergo a fusion surgery to come back from the herniated disc. Eichel wanted to use a artificial disc replacement surgery. Keep in mind, if this is correct, that has never before been performed on an NHL player. So you can see where the rift was here. And the, I'll say slight, I assume the Golden Knights are very confident in what they've just gotten and the situation, but the slight risk there is here with a 25-year-old getting a pretty serious surgery on his neck. Yeah. There is no doubt that Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee continue to have a cavalier attitude with their maneuvering and their gambling. Um, they're confident, but they're gambling. Um, as McCribbin said, the decision of the surgery is one that we respectfully defer to Jack and his representatives. Why wouldn't his people want what's best for him? So at this point, there's, they're not medical experts. Uh, George or Kelly. Um, Jack Eichel is going to go to his people and their medical experts. The, the Sabres are, the, I think everybody's in the same boat where they're deferring to their own medical expertise. The, the, the one caveat here is that it's never been done before. So to have a herniated disc artificially replaced, it's certainly a gamble because the reality is if it doesn't, and right, then the Sabres win this trade with Alex Tuck. Because oh, Alex it's Tuck... A, it's uh, a freaking disaster. Oh, it's 100% I mean, it's, this is something that potentially derails the organization. So I'm sure they're very, very confident in what they're getting and what's oh. going to happen. No, that's what I'm saying is when I say Cavalier, they're, they're 100% confident that this is going to... They did their due diligence. They, they, they've asked the, the right questions and... They're confident that it can be done. But if it doesn't, then it doesn't. Because yeah. here's the thing. You can, we can sit here and say, well, it's never been done before, but we're confident it's going to happen. Okay, based on what? What are you basing on? So there's still that percentage chance yeah. 
you know, and I'm not wishing bad on anybody, especially when it comes to neck or back surgery. I mean, heck, I go to a chiropractor every two and a half weeks to get adjusted. I got neck pain. So, you know, anything's possible. Um, I just hope that it works out for the best just for the sake of this 25-year-old talent. You don't, you don't want you don't want to wish bad on anything. You don't want – nobody should be out there thinking, oh, man. They're taking a gamble. These guys, I hope they're wrong, and they fire them. Know. I mean, you know, you're, because you're tired, then you're, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. There's something absolutely. wrong with you. So, you're thinking that as a VGK fan. All right, right, more details from Buffalo coming up in just a couple minutes. We're going to go to uh, one of the hosts at WGR in Buffalo, and then later this hour we'll get back into the legality issues or the legal issues around the Aaron Rodgers. Is this the uh, big lie, too? Daily happy hour starts at 3 with beers, well drinks, and margaritas, just two seventy seven. And Jack Eichel, we are getting a player that I think is one of the top players in the league, one of the top centers in the league. He's in the prime of his career as a player who's just turned 25. When you look at what an NHL contending team should look like, he's a really important piece of that. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Yep, Silver 7s is the site on a Thursday. Let's go out to Buffalo. We uh, found out about this deal pretty early this morning. Our time, uh, guys in Buffalo, and now we're going on the air. Sal Capaccio is one of them. Covers the uh, Bills, sideline reporter, but uh, knows plenty about the Sabres and is up with Cofield and Company here in Vegas. Sal, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, VGK fans are very happy, um, as long as Eichel is healthy. We want to get the full backstory on Jack Eichel. But give me the reaction from Sabres fans and uh, and your reaction. Is it one of those where, uh, hey, it's you finally got a deal done, this whole thing is over? Yeah, I think it's a reaction of relief on a lot of our parts, like in the media. You know, it's been waiting for so long for it to kind of uh, come to a head. We've been waiting on this for months and months and months. It's kind of been hanging over the organization, really. Uh, for fans, as far as the deal is concerned, I mean, I think there's relief as well, but I think it's it's really kind of split. We've been taking it, – it's really extremely split, too, by the way. What I mean by that is you either really love it or you really hate it. I don't think there's many people – and some of us are there. I'm, I'm kind of in the boat, and, and there's some people who are, hey, you know what? It wasn't the greatest return in the world, but this was not bad at all. Like, they got, they got good players, and especially considering, you know, needing to move on here, I think they did as good as they could really do, and that's all you can really ask. Yeah, I guess I'd be disappointed from a fan standpoint in terms of trying to get superstars to come to and stay in Buffalo. You had one, and now he's bye-bye. Yeah, that's always been a thing. You know, that's why I think part of this story is, guys, how they acquired him, right, which is tanking, essentially. Um, they got to the bottom of the standings to either get Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel, and they wound up with Jack Eichel. Uh, they get Connor McDavid, and the, and the ball bounces another way. Maybe we're having a different discussion, or we're never having a discussion. Um, I think that's part of the story, which is Sabres realized at one point not too long ago, you're not going to get many free agents to necessarily come here to play. Now, it's, it is a great hockey city. It's near Canada. A lot of guys who grow up, they, they, they love being here. They live here. They make their homes here. But at some point they realize, hey, how can we do this? We can't get free agents. Well, guess what? Let's get to the bottom of the draft and draft them because then they're great and then they have to be here. Well, here you did it. And then six years later, the guy walks out the door because he gets frustrated with the fact that they never made the playoffs in his tenure here. And, you know, other situations that have happened and things like that. So, yeah, I think from that standpoint, the frustration. And now we wonder, okay, we got these guys coming in. They're trying to build the organization, rebuild it the right way. They do have a, a great lot of prospects right now. And a really nice group in Rochester, even Owen Power, the number one pick last year, who's still at Michigan. 
And you wonder, but where does that go three years from now? Are we in the same boat with some of these guys? Explain to the Vegas audience the the situation and the path to where they were with this neck surgery beef. So here's kind of what happened, basically. So Jack gets hurt uh, in a game last year, last um, season, I guess. And he it's determined that you know he has a neck injury. He wants to have a disc replacement surgery. The Sabres team doctors recommend against it and say, look, no NHL player has ever had this surgery. It's been other hockey players before, but no NHL player. And we have some, honestly, we have some world-renowned doctors here in Buffalo that work on this type of thing. They're part of the committee, or if you will, the team that kind of they consulted with and they, they work for the organization. And they wanted the, um, the fusion surgery, basically. Well, Jack did not want to do that. Well, in the NHL, I cover the NFL for a living. It's much different than the NHL. The CBA strictly says in the NHL CBA, the collective bargaining agreement with the PA, PA that they signed off on, which I think is crazy they did this. It's basically, hey, you know, you, you have to get the certain, you, you can only get what the team says. You, can, you do not have your own control over what you want to do. And because of that, it became at an impasse. Jack, Jack really wanted this surgery. The Sabres said, no, we're not doing that. And then you take on top of that that he wanted out, basically. So that's how we got into this really super complicated position of, well, where can he go? Who can trade for him? Who wants to let him have the surgery? Vegas obviously is going to let him have the surgery he wants. And on top of that, like, since we're not letting him have the surgery, we don't want to have anybody else, you know, until he's our, your property, like, we have a say in this. This was very, very complicated from the beginning. But now we're here. Vegas says they're going to let him have that surgery. And the Sabres say, okay, and he gets what he wants, and the Sabres get what he wants. And by the way, the Sabres didn't want him around anymore. Um, they, they stripped you know, his captaincy. They didn't feel that he was the greatest leader in the world. And, you know, this was just a mess from the beginning. We're speaking to Sal Capaccio, joining us on Cofield & Company, WGR Buffalo, Bills sideline reporter, dialed in with the Bills and the Sabres. Sal, um, piggybacking off that, I got a text first thing this morning before we actually got the official press release when it was still being sort of tweeted and rumors are and the deal is done, so on and so forth. I want to read it to you and just get your reaction to that. Um, WTF is going on with the Knights. Why are they dying to get Jack Eichel? You know I am dialed in with Buffalo sports teams. This guy is an above-average player that was a distraction with the Sabres. Now the Knights are mortgaging their franchise for a guy with a neck injury that is a distraction to any team. It was a daily soap opera with this guy. Quick disclaimer, the two times I said distraction, my source actually used the C word of a disease that I refuse to ever put on someone because I feel it's disrespectful to those who are suffering from that disease. So with that, how do you respond to that? Is that are, are, are the Golden Knights getting someone like that? Guys, there is a... <laughs> There's a lot of speculation around, you know, what about that kind of stuff, you know, what people really feel about Jack in the locker room as a leader. Like I said, I don't think he was, I don't feel he was the greatest leader for the organization. I think, though, he was thrust into a position where he's this, you know, at the time, what, 23-year-old, puts the C on his jersey, signs a $10 million a year contract. You know, I mean, that's going to put a lot of pressure on anyone. He's the face of the organization. We went to the bottom to get you. I also don't think the Buffalo Sabres gave him necessarily the tools and the resources to be the greatest leader. You know, I cover the Bills for a living, and one thing Sean McDermott always talks about in Brandon Bean, and they're right. When you come to Buffalo, we're going to help you become the greatest version of yourself. I don't think Jack, Jack ever became the greatest version of himself. I think the Sabres bear some of that responsibility. I think Jack Eichel bears some of that responsibility as far as him basically, you know, maybe not maturing enough or not growing up. They also put him in a situation where, and think about this, you guys will totally relate to this. 
his first, you know, one of his first years in Buffalo, just being a, being a couple years in the league, they throw him into a locker room, and they basically say, hey, here you go, here's Evander Kane, your best friend. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is this has been simmering. Now you have Sam who's in, sorry guys, I'm in traffic here, and people are beeping if that's coming through. But, um, you know, people people really have questioned a lot about his character, a lot about his partying off the ice, if you will. Um, but we don't know the exact details of that. I think it, it, you could poll ten people and get ten different opinions on that, and clearly Bruce, the person source of text with you, is someone who's on the side of what we've heard a lot from a lot of people here. But I'll also tell you, there's other people here who said, no, 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 this kid wanted everything. He wanted to help this organization. He signed the contract that's been here, but the organization never helped him, and that's why he wanted out. So I think there's a lot of levels to that. Uh, switching pages real quick here. Um, I'm sure you're tired of talking about the vaccine and you know the bills and Beasley and all that stuff. I we saw a story this morning, and I don't know if you guys got to this, but uh, what was the deal with this uh, buffoon? And I'm not calling her a buffoon because she was unvaccinated or used a fake vaccine card, which she kind of is. Um, but she actually put it on social media. An ex radio host. Did you see the story about getting into a Bills game and she was bragging about using a fake card? I have not seen it, um, so I don't want to comment on that specifically. I want to tell you, you do have to be fully vaccinated now last week on Sunday with the first game here in Buffalo. You have to be fully vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, they made the announcement um, in the season where you had to, your first couple of games, you had to have your first shot because they wanted to give people time. But I will tell you guys, there's 70,000 people entering that stadium, yep. and it wouldn't surprise me if some people got in by fraudulent ways. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it's hard on any security to be checking like that. So, you know, if people want to do that, um, you know, I don't think it's right. And if they want to go and brag about it, I think it's even more not right. right. Uh, but I, I think it's a tough situation for any arena or any security to have to, um, you know, go and check all of those. Oh, we've got the same thing here. We were fully vaccinated requirement at Allegiant and no other option. You couldn't bring a negative test. You could be fully vaccinated or uh, get the jab at the stadium. And for a couple of weeks, I don't know if it's still going on, but there are people out front, you know, somewhere in the parking lot selling fake fax cards. So, and then the other thing is, you're right. Yeah. With 60 or 70,000 people coming in, you think the ushers can actually look at everything they need to look at? It's just, it's too much to handle logistically. Yeah, and you look, I mean, I've gone to uh, three events down at KeyBank Center where the Sabres play, too. I've gone to a couple of um, hockey games, and actually we took my son to see Dude Perfect. By the way, really, those guys are pretty incredible, but pretty fun show for kids to go to. And then we went there, and you have to be fully vaccinated, and we have what we call the Excelsior Pass here in Buffalo in New York State. And it's really, it's a digital card. You might have that same thing in Nevada, I'm not sure, but it's a digital card. It's not the actual card, and the same thing. People are pulling up the digital card on their phone, and I will tell you, there were definitely people that were just kind of walking and showing the card. No one's checking necessarily what the dates are and who the – they're not asking for ID or anything like that. So I think it's just a kind of a mess all over the place, and it depends on where you go and who you get on a certain day checking everything. Sal, we appreciate a couple minutes. We know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sal. Anytime, guys. Thank you. There he is, Sal Capaccio, sideline reporter for the Bills, host on WGR. Coming up next, Xavier Pope, and we'll uh, dive into more of the vaccine issues, especially around – Aaron Rodgers and what the NFL may do. I don't know if he lied. He said he was immunized. Didn't exactly say that he was vaccinated, but seems like there's uh, something going on with the Packers in terms of being complicit. So we'll bring in uh, one of our legal experts, Xavier Pope, in just a few. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. 
Back here on a Thursday at Silver 7th, we bring in our legal analyst, Xavier Pope, out of Chicago. And, Xavier, we have to start with the obvious in the National Football League. It appears that Aaron Rodgers lied about his vaccination status, hasn't been wearing a mask as mandated by the rules from the league, and that the Packers have been complicit. What do you think? The NFL, the same league league that refuses to release 650,000 emails in related to the Washington football team's in- investigation of misconduct is the same league that knew that Aaron Rodgers was not vaccinated. He tried to apply for some weird status because he took some alternative methods to get vaccinated, which was denied by the NFL. The NFL knew this and still allowed him to put uh, people in jeopardy. Aaron Rodgers didn't get get picked for jeopardy, puts lives in jeopardy, but the NFL and Packers knew to spend the wheel of fortune um, to make money on every Sunday. It's a disgusting story with 750,000 plus dead. And I think that more should be told about the NFL caring more about its profits than the lives of people that are in and around teams also in stadiums. What do you think is going to happen? Does he miss more time with a suspension? Are the Packers given a massive fine? Well, I said, I said this on, on Suit Up uh, a few weeks ago. I, I said that we're going to see a situation where players lie about their vaccination status. I, I, and and this is, is this a problem in, in sports? Well, it turns out we see it happen already with Vander Kane with a fake vaccination card. Now we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers. This won't be the last time we see this, Steve. Uh, basically, what I proffered was teams are responsible for investigating fakes and people lying about being vaccinated. But if they are complicit involved in, in that, then they have no incentive to be able to discipline a player. It's their responsibility. We saw this last year with Justin Turner with, in the Dodgers when him coming back on the field after they won the World Series and then Major League Baseball saying, well, you know, there was some miscommunication about the team and how he was allowed in allowing just letting it go right on on television. It's leagues not taking this this issue seriously, doing it enough to make money, but not doing enough to be able to t- protect people. It's really uh, a, a, a damning part of the sport and nothing's going to happen in result of it. Well, you know, the NFL, you want to talk about a real uh, bad mark or marks on its resume, the way they've handled DUI related deaths and crashes involving their players has been super embarrassing. And, uh, you know, it, it comes from the justice system as well. Um, I will tell you, with the uh, tragic death of Tina Tintor, the 23-year-old who was involved in that crash with Henry Ruggs, uh, the justice system here with the charges he's facing, there is no probation available. He's facing, at least on the most serious charge, a minimum of uh, two years up to 20 years. And then there's how the Raiders will deal with it. And, you know, Adam Hill, our buddy who's on the show, covers the Raiders. And he wrote yesterday on Twitter, I don't really envy the position Derek Carr and Rich Basaccia were in today to speak for the team at this awful, awful time. I personally found both of them sincere and genuine. I saw that you had some, you had some questions about Derek Carr. Maybe you don't think he's as, as genuine as Adam thought he was yesterday? I don't think he was genuine at all. Uh, he talked about he deserves Henry Ruggs deserves love at this time. Henry Ruggs drove 156 miles per hour twice over the legal drinking limit. That's um, right now he needs to be prosecuted for a crime and for killing someone. Um, that's what he needs right now. Um, and so Derek Carr did need to be able to express some semblance of of hey we need to put our arms around another player when they did something that was heinous that killed another person. We still don't take drunk driving seriously because. Frankly, a lot of people do it, and it's something that's casually done in our society. We don't care enough about 
and we didn't care enough about it until 30 years ago, and we're still not caring enough about it now, where someone can go to for jail for two years for literally using their car like it's a missile on the road. And so uh, people talk about Derek Carr being sincere in his religious beliefs, but people like to hide behind this fake sense of piety to stay out of really thorny issues and make them look above it. But in fact, you are basically saying that this is not as bad as you say it is, and it's a way to not take a stand. And I think it's profoundly important. Uh, also around the NFL, the trade deadline passes. Deshaun Watson not moved to Miami. Uh, I saw you tweet out, you'd be surprised if Deshaun Watson ever plays again. Really? Yeah, yeah Steve. I think that we've seen as the season has gone along, you know, it looks like he was going to get traded to the Dolphins, and there's talk going on different teams and different needs are starting to come up for teams, and then he doesn't get moved. Deshaun Watson was one of the greatest great talents, young talents in the National Football League, and he doesn't get moved. I think this, if there, isn't, there isn't a settlement. There isn't any resolution legally, and it may take a very long time for those things to get sorted out. And then up until those things get sorted out, Deshaun Watson's not playing in the National Football League. Could be, this, has, this is really separate from the legal issue. It's teams are really they have to be able to save money they have to look at their cap all the different all the different issues they have to face with that as relates to other players signing other players holding other players in the roster they don't know what they're going to get when they get him so it makes it really difficult to make other decisions with your team and how to move money around and so that's a bigger issue and then you you put their uh deshaun watson's issues involved and it makes it even thorny and if you were representing deshaun watson as an attorney or say his agent, uh, would you advise him right now, keep fighting the fight, do not settle, do not accept the plea deal just because you want to play football? Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously want to be able to not give any credence toward any, any, any charges towards you. Now it's public. It's not something you're trying to keep private. These things have continued to surface and, and, and to become more. And then some issues with the attorney that's representing some of the people have come out as well. And so you want to take this to the fullest extent Allow the allow the, the legal system to play out. I mean, he's still making money. <laughs> you know, he's he's not been actually put on any exemption list. Yeah. He's he's not been suspended. And so, why would you do anything when you you would basically would trigger some of these things if you did it? Xavier Pope is on Cofield and Company. Follow him on Twitter at Xavier Pope. He does suit up news once a week, two minute and twenty second uh, newscast commentary. It's awesome. Let's close on a couple of happy notes. Listen, I'm sad that Kobe Bryant is not here anymore, but his legacy uh, rolls on. He was a really good businessman, and uh, some of the numbers are out on what's going on with Body Armor. And I will mention that James Harden also got on the ground floor of Body Armor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kobe's estate, Kobe's family is going to make a lot of money from that investment. Yeah, I mean, $400 million because Coca-Cola purchased uh, the rest of their estate. They had 15%. Kobe Bryant invested six million bucks in it, and now the state is going to receive a significant amount of money. Just goes toward the Mamba mentality. Kobe Bryant had his hand in so many different places, and athletes like Michael Jordan before him, being able to be savvy about their business, LeBron James after that, just shows that the modern athlete is more business savvy than, than ever before. And it just goes to show that Kobe was continuing to, to make great moves on and off the court. How impactful do you think it is for the African-American community to see, you know, new wealth being generated. This is not money that goes back five and six generations. Uh, I think that it, it, it relates to specific uh, specialized talent like Kobe Bryant and like those in sports entertainment. But 
that still has yet to really filter down in a society in terms of professionals uh, and being able to really build generational wealth in various communities where there isn't any and also building structures for proper education, small businesses um, that African-American small businesses were hit harder than any other type of business during COVID. So there's a significant long way to go. This is very inspirational from a symbolic standpoint, but from an institutional or structural standpoint, there still, there still needs to be change. There still needs to be a, a change of ownership in terms of support, in terms of professional sports as well. A long way to go, Steve. Well, Shaq has made a killing. He's a great businessman. He's got his hands in lots of things. But I thought he, it was pretty interesting what he tweeted the other day about um, his kids not getting a free ride from him in the future in terms of business investments. And he said, uh, I'm not giving you nothing. Uh, when I read stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, the fight against nepotism. But I also think there's a flip side of it. When you're not old money, I don't think I can get as mad when you're you know, making sure that your kids are lined up for a good future. Yeah, I mean, they, well, Shaq said it's his kids needed to go to college first and then present him with a plan like a regular business. Yeah. And then my first thought was, okay, co- who's paying for college, Shaq? <laughs> so the moment you pay for, sh- pay for college, you kind of completely rip that, that concept to shreds. You're still giving them a leg up because there are a lot of people who are, don't have the ability to go to college, have to res- rely on student loans and put in student loan, crippling student loan debts that prevent their opportunity to build generational wealth. And so even though you talk about going to college and you may earning it, you're still giving them a leg up by paying for college. Uh, very light note. I didn't have a dog in this fight in the New York uh, mayoral election, but I got to tell you, I saw the Curtis Sliwa <laughs> lost he actually brought one of his cats gizmo to vote with him even more alarming was the fact that he has 17 cats people around vegas who listen to cofield and company know that i am a cat guy i've got three cats inside we've got a stray that we've been taking care of feeding for like five years but xavier the sanity of someone with 17 cats uh, what do you what do you do with seventeen cats? I mean, that's that's a that's a football team and a half. That's I mean, <laughs> I mean, what are they doing? Is this the kitty bowl? I mean, you got reserves coming in. You got a, you got dime and nickel packages. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And why is there so many cats? I mean, I mean, no wonder he lost the the mayor's race. He was you know he's too too busy right. you know with his other things purring around. I mean, I think that. Uh, I mean, it, 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 his, his, his campaign, frankly, was a catastrophe. I mean, I, I didn't understand. <laughs> I mean, a, a catatonic end, if you, if, so wow. to speak, especially getting arrested at the end. Um, you know, it just, I guess his campaign didn't catch on. I mean, I. I, <laughs> <laughs> this is off the cuff. This is unbelievable. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it, you know, it's just it, it, too bad. He only got, a, was it a charge with a misdemeanor? So it, it wasn't. Um, Um, Holy cow. (laughs) This is out of control today. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Let's close on uh, a couple things on old TV because you and I are both fans of uh, TV of the past. Um, I saw you tweet out an observation about uh, it was Tisha Campbell, right? Who was Pam on Martin? Mm -hmm. Uh, I love Martin, but I no, no, Tisha Campbell wasn't Pam. She was. She was Gina. Oh, there Gina. was another actress that was Pam. Okay, um, I do remember. Tashina Arnold. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you were talking about the condition she was in. I do remember washboard stomachs on women on that show. But yeah, I, I was watching uh, Martin last night, and Tashina Arnold is completely ripped, washboard stomach, and like back of her arms ripped. 
And Martin used to just make fun of her all the time and just talk about yes. how ugly she was. Yep, yep. And she she didn't have like the most feminine voice per se. So like I put those two things together. And as a kid, I'm like, oh, wow. I kind of bought into what Martin was saying. And I realized that I'm watching like, oh, well, Pam was kind of fun. And she was really in a great shape, you know, that she was ripped. And I totally, Martin Lawrence, you led us astray. Run them up. Pam was better than Gina. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to go where no one goes these days, but I just got to mention, I've been uh, watching a bunch of old Tonight Shows because it you know brings me back to my childhood, and it is amazing watching Carson on and others on talk shows when women came on and how that would go over today. He had on, it was, I watched a 1974 episode, and he had on Adrian Barbeau, and the double entendre going down both ways, I'm like, holy crap. That was, you know, near 50 years ago. That would never fly now. I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess we've come a long way. But in some ways, I was watching. I'm like, man, it's kind of sad. You couldn't do this anymore. Well, I mean, men would openly use the power dynamic to, to sexually harass women on television. And that was just par for the course. And women were expected to take it in order to feed men's ego. They would play into their, their masculinity. I mean, that was what, what society accepted. Definitely would not be acceptable now. You watch, you know, uh, someone posted something about the, the different strokes. 43 years, uh, I think it was Rex Chapman um, yesterday. And you see the the, the lead up to and the, the introduction is a, a rich white guy rolling up two kids playing basketball <laughs> and like scooping them up. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like pointing and like, oh, look at the rich whiteness. And like it, That just would not be acceptable. Now, maybe now, I mean, who's going on this particular era? But uh, I, I think that, you know, what we saw and we we maybe glossed over some things that were part of our society no longer is acceptable. Um, but doesn't mean we just they can't watch it and laugh at some of the jokes. Right. And, I, you know, I bring it up on, on air all the time because it becomes a conversation point. And I'm like, I do, I do think we need to talk about stuff like this and hash through it mm-hmm. because as guys who grew up in a certain era, it always, you know, as soon as I say that, like, you're making excuses, but like, some of that stuff was ingrained. Now the 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 deal is we got to listen to each other. We got to listen to women and also grow from it and not be so resistant mm-hmm. and mad. Like good old days. Like eh, there were some <laughs> things that were weird about what we used to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's super important. It's like you just because it's something that's no longer acceptable. You a lot of people who would be the most offended by it. Let them set the temperature. Talk to them. How do they feel? It, it's nothing wrong with it. You know, I. I'm as a black man, I have a privilege of being a man and recognize what that means. But I also have some um, terms of some marginalization being black. And so I have to have have the dual responsibility to recognize my privilege in certain places and recognize my marginalization. And how does that feel with my marginalization? Take that to listening when it's a guy. Same thing with my ability. Same thing as it is with my my sexuality and and my preference and how I display myself. Xavier, great spot. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. You too, buddy. There he is, Xavier Pope. His spot today is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give him a call right now, 570-9000. And do so if you're not completely sure of what your coverage is on your auto insurance. Do you have full coverage? Do you even know what that means? Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, and the team at Battleborn Injury Lawyers right now are reviewing auto policies because a lot of people are shocked when the guys at Battleborn Injury Lawyers tell them they might be out of pocket for medical expenses, property damages, or even car payments for an accident they didn't cause. People think they're protected, but they're not. So if you want to know what your auto policy has and doesn't have, give them a call at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. It's free, 
and find out a lot more about your current auto insurance. 5709000. It's Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give them a call. 5709000. Silver 7's NFL Special. Two 22 ounce drafts, two hot dogs, and two bags of chips for just 777.